Hello, welcome to Gender Weird, the podcast where we ruin your favorite movies by calling them gay. This is Jane with Style of Substance. And this is Vivian Strange. Today, we're going to do a little special for Halloween. We're going to be looking at the cult classic slasher Sleepaway Camp from 1983. Um... Directed by Robert Hiltzik and starring the incomparable Felissa Rose. And yes, Sleepaway Camp is turning 40 this year. Um, That's like crazy. It's wild. This is from 1983. um, And it's... Time. Time is wild. <laughs> Sleepaway Camp uh, follows Angela Baker, a, a shy girl, um, as she's going to camp. The film opens with two kids, uh, a boy and a girl, um, with their father on the lake at this camp. The father and one of the children is killed in like a boating accident. We cut to several years later, we see the survivor, this seems to be the girl, Angela, and she now lives with her crazy gay aunt uh, <laughs> and her cousin, Ricky. They go to camp. Um, it's run by a bunch of creeps and pedophiles, um, and uh, Angela becomes the target of relentless bullying um, because she's she's quiet, she's kind of kind of weird, kind of has that you know thousand yard stare. Doesn't really like to participate in things with the the girls or the boys. She just kind of just kind of vibes. She, she's like an she's a quiet she's quiet and introverted, and she's like an outlier, a little bit of a wallflower, and she still gets the guy's attention. Yeah, and that and, just upsets the girls who just judge her for it. Yeah, and basically people start getting killed by an unknown, you know, killer. Very, very mm-hmm. Friday the Thirteenth, the the original one, um, very much in mm-hmm. line with that. The thing that everyone remembers Sleepaway Camp for is having one of the most shocking twist endings, like. Uh, ever um as it turns out one angela is the one who is killing you know who is who is killing the people who are bullying her and two it turns out that at the boating accident in the beginning um it was the boy who survived basically assumed like his sister's identity yeah when they moved in with a gay aunt she was like oh i already have a boy so you'll be my little girl we'll call you angela and uh yeah you're a girl now the way the reveal is done is uh, shocking doesn't really seem to quite cover it it's it's fucking horrifying. Yeah. Basically, the reveal that the guy she was uh, crushing on throughout the film, a guy named Paul, she cuts his head off and is facing down the the camp counselors who find her um, with this guy's head. She's naked and has this, this horrifying look on her face and dick. <laughs> Basically, the um, right. It seems like they're honestly more shocked at Angela being. Um born a guy so to speak more than um the fact that angela is the killer of like all the other kids and and, like uh right counselors yeah the last line of the movie is my god she's a boy and not not the oh god (laughs) she cut paul's head off um but yeah it's very it's very grotesque the last the last image well yeah the last image is like of like her face like just like that screaming face just at, centered at the camera and the yeah. frame just po- freezes and turns green as the credits it's roll. It's fucking horrifying. And mm-hmm. that, you know, credit to Felissa Rose. She she is hands down the best part of this movie because her performance is amazing, especially considering she was actually a kid, um, which Sleepaway Camp is notable for being one of the first slashers to actually cast 
children, you know, age age appropriate casting, um, which gives it a whole other, a whole new like a whole feel. That's like so instead of it being kind of like overly sexualized adults playing the role of like kids, it's more so like um, kids playing their age. And yeah, um, generally with slashers, uh, we get to see them all die in like gruesome ways and. You know, there is that there is that thing in our heads though that is like, okay, well, these obviously aren't actually kids. These are very clearly like twenty somethings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. When these kids are cast with actual kids, it makes it so much more unsettling and uncomfortable. And actually, I think that also kind of plays into the 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 ending image because there's two two shots at the end that are so. Yeah, there's the one with just Angela's face uh, making that ah! that, <laughs> that that face. And then there is the medium shot that shows her whole body and her dick. And what that shot actually is, is a a full a full grown ass man. With a child's like kind of like uh mask, basically. Yeah, they made a mask out of Felissa Rose's face. And like you can tell if you look if you look, you know, if you look hard enough at it, it's it's not too right, difficult to tell can, that. You can see the strings basically. You know, yeah, once, once you kind and, of look for the artifice. Yeah, and being a grown ass man playing this uh, this character who's supposed to be a little girl is is, is comparably upsetting to watching uh, children be you know killed. Uh, well, it's, by it this almost killer. has like this werewolf like like mentality. Like she growls like at the end of like this, this like yeah. At least I don't know if I should say she or not, but like um, this character growls towards the end. Um, Almost as if like this werewolf like character with a mouth like <sighs> like just howling. Yeah. It and it's like it's it's harrowing. It's like it's it, it's it's a uh, it's spooky. Um and it it's probably the most frightening image because like within the whole film because I think the vast majority of the film is, I mean, <laughs> uh, campy <laughs> if you will like like <laughs> yeah. and kind of like ultra gay in its presentation. But that image at the end really kind of like is the main is is I think is like why you know, you tell people to watch this movie. Yeah. The reason that this film is controversial, because the film is very, very controversial, um, especially among the queer and trans communities, the the, the gender weirds, the, the whole, the whole like, nature of its premise, and especially the way it's executed at the end, is very transphobic. <laughs> um, it It is... <clears throat> yeah, because it like, plays with the stereotypes, like, number one, like, you know, like, this trans person is is a psychotic killer a monster and as well as basically like oh my goodness this person has a penis how (laughs) yeah crazy and that's like the real true horror comes from the fact that oh my goodness is the disclosure of somebody's um you know biological body parts because it basically sends a message to to somebody that like hey you know this person you know trans people they're hiding amongst us and they're out to get us they're out to get yeah. um, boys by tricking them, and they're out to get girls by appropriating their form, um, mm-hmm. and kind of, you and know, attacking and that, them where that, they're most the, vulnerable. That's where the stereotype lies. Um, yeah, the genital reveal. Uh, it is. It is very clearly a grown ass man uh, <laughs> that is wearing a costume because, like, a way, a way to say this that isn't weird is. That is that is not what a like twelve thirteen year old penis looks like. Um, that that oh no that fuck that that is that is a grown ass man with a girl's head with yeah with the with the, you know disguised as a girl as a little girl and it's the thing that gender fascists are 
uh, are afraid of, the, the, the demons they mischaracterize us as, as these big, gross men pretending to, to be, be girls yeah exactly to in order to prey upon them you know trick boys into being into them so that they can fucking kill them or uh as we as we see with uh the murder previously before paul's angela kills this uh bitch named judy who's been bullying her <laughs> and uh the way she kills like i find that i find that death more upsetting that that murder even more upsetting than paul's because what she does is she gets like a curling iron right and just like yeah she you know (laughs) she boy modes first um so at first judy can't tell who's you know who it is that's like attacking her but yeah she smothers her with a pillow and basically rapes her with a with a curling iron um and is Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's it's not great it's it's not fantastic um so yeah, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, like, I kind of don't really like this movie, but I also kind of do. Like, it's, it's yeah. in that, I don't really like the whole, like, categorization of so bad it's good, because I feel like that's oftentimes just kind of cope, because it's like, uh-huh. you can, like, like things. But I feel like something like this, I have a lot of cognitive, like, dissonance between, like, how I feel about it, and then what I'm reading into it that's probably not even completely intended versus, like, kind of, like, what's just on the screen and what, like, the filmmakers are doing. Because, quite honestly, I don't think they know what they're doing. I don't think they understand transness. Yeah. You know, there was, like, this one, um, Where Are They Now kind of documentary that was made. It's, like, 40 minutes to an hour. The people were kind of, like, asked about the uh, homo or transsexual representation in this film, and they're kind of just beating around the bush, like, oh, well... I mean, uh, you know, it's actually pro-trans. It's actually yeah. pro-gay because it's about <laughs> bullying. You know, somewhere within all that, I kind of do see a really interesting picture here, a really interesting portrait of a trans child, a trans, yeah. you know, somebody that's like, you know, at the brink of puberty, they're at this point where they're evaluating who they are as, you know, a boy or as a girl, whatever they are. And people are judging them to conform to their ideals for what like girls should be, and guys are hitting on them. And and in a way, it's like it's the, it's the trials and tribulations of puberty, of finding yourself and being bullied, and all those kills. What's interesting about this film is that sure, maybe killing all these people isn't like the most like um the best like kind of response, but like everybody kind of deserves it in some ways maybe not deserves to die but they deserve some kind of like you know um retaliation yeah they they, they deserve like they kind of like are like you know provoking her and she's quiet but she takes it in but then she eventually lashes out we oftentimes especially before we kind of like come out as like what gender we are or you know as gay people whatever um we hear, we get comments, we get kind of like, you know, when I was younger, I was kind of, I mean, I was homeschooled, but like, I was in quite a few like social settings, especially with people from like church groups and stuff. And I remember I often got comments about things like, oh, why do you fold your legs like a girl? Why do you sit like a girl? Why do you, yeah, you know, I got, I got comments too. that you are, that I'm girly. And I felt like, oh, that must be a result of me not being properly socialized, you know, like the public school kids. And these comments, you know, bullying, like, like I relate to this, like, like what where Angela is at, um, in, mm-hmm. in, in a way, they, I don't think a lot of it's like deliberate or intentional, but they do kind of like 
capture something that's interesting about the experience. I think they're just trying to capture the experience of bullying, but because they're playing with gender, you get a different dynamic, but I don't think it's entirely what they were thinking. Yeah, no, this, as as far as gender goes, this movie is an absolute mess. The mm-hmm. filmmakers, the the writer and director, Robert Hiltzik, was 25, 26. Oh, really? So when he... Yeah, when when he made this, and he hasn't really okay. made anything else. Um, so he I made Sleepaway Camp Four, which sucks. Yeah, we're we're not gonna talk much about the sequels because they're <laughs> fucking dog shit. Um, but yeah, so it's the film is not really trying. It's it's a very queer text, as in you know not just the, oh, yeah. the gender fuckery, but also the uh, it's it's very it's very gay. The 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 children's father uh literally has has a partner and he's explicitly textually gay. They they're they're kids with two dads and the mm-hmm. the aunt is sim- like similarly not explicitly but she is queer coded as well. Uh oh, yeah. the there is so much like homoeroticism um flying in all directions like at at the camp. Um and it's I mean the guys wear crop tops and short shorts and everything. <laughs> yep, but yeah, basic but basically the 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 people the people involved who made this had really no idea what they were doing or trying to say uh, as yeah. far as like sexuality and gender go. Um and that that is one reason why I think Sleepaway Camp is so messy. Um but there is stuff there that that you know salvageable relatable we have in the past defended uh movies that on their surface considered transphobic um this one i i agree (laughs) i agree it's it's uh it it is it it is transphobic and it it is pretty bad um i don't think it's malicious but it's still like clumsy enough to be really like you know (laughs) i would say it's misguided more than anything yeah Um, but there's still something interesting there regardless yeah, um, and the thing that I, because I, I do like this movie in spite of its, you know, problematics, and I really, I do not like the ending. <laughs> I don't like, not like really. I, yeah, yeah, no. I actually I, would I, defend the ending, but but go, go on, tell me. It's just, uh, it's just, it's just kind of like upsetting to, uh, to see. But like the reason I love it is because one, Felissa Rose, like she absolutely just nails this performance. She's amazing she says absolutely nothing for the first like 30 minutes of the film but she like but she 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 carries it like every and i related to her and we'll get into this as far as how we want to read angela's gender um i consistently use she pronouns and Mm -hmm. uh call her angela because um well that's that's my that's my reading i like reading her as a bullied trans girl because that I was a <laughs> bullied trans girl. I, I think um, I think like one I think like one scene that kind of like really kind of sells the idea of her being like a trans girl. In my opinion, is like like a valid trans girl that is uh, because the ending kind of hints that like oh no she's a boy but is she yeah you know kind of... um, and and it raises and it raises that question. But I think that one scene that kind of t- that stands out to me is when she's being bullied by the one bitch girl that she ends up kind of like assaulting yeah um she uh who by the way is like super lesbian coded too oh yeah no she is into angela like well she's like how come you don't get naked and shower in front of like um (laughs) you know us and it's like yo i mean it makes sense why she doesn't it's the same reason why her her um adoptive mom or is or it's the same reason why her aunt um performed the physical herself you know yeah. um, gave that information away it's because you know she has 
a dick and yep. <laughs> that's not going to fly. So of course she's going to shower alone and be alone because she feels alone as many trans people do. The way that guys kind of treat you and the way that girls kind of like think that there's something a little bit different about you. You seem a little bit off. And I yeah. think that that kind of can speaks to, you know, people like us. Oh, absolutely. At the same time, because of how misguided everything is, I think there is, you can also alternatively read Angela, in my opinion, as like a trans boy in, in, uh-huh. in a roundabout way, because it, while the female gender is not assigned to um, her at birth, um, it is something that's basically assigned to them um, by their aunt. It almost like inadvertently plays into the mentality of, you know, transgenderism being imposed on kids. It's like a form of grooming as like, yeah. um, you know, right wingers will like, you know, irresponsibly say. And I think, like, in some ways, like, yeah, maybe it kind of plays into that stereotype. But at the same time, you know, the way that I, the one reason why I kind of defend the very ending a little bit is because I think that, you know, horror as a genre, it's largely reactionary, let's be real. But yeah. it's interesting because of that, because it plays with the fear of the other. And it kind of, and because the first step of, like, um, you know, challenging our fears is to, like, kind of, like, expose them out in the open. So one reason why I would say that, you know, maybe we should actually be reading Angela as Peter is because Peter, you know, which is the, you know, her original name, before assuming the identity of, of her sister, or his sister, this character is, is being, like, you know, abused by camp counselors, harassed by bullies, and just in general, like, the, uh, you know, authority figures cannot be trusted. That's something that's, like, a message that's communicated in this film. Because all those camp counselors, they're all pedophiles. <laughs> they're all, like, you know... And pedophiles they, are enablers. Um, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're, they enable pedophilia, and, and it's, 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 uh, it's quite gross. There's this moment where all the kids are running by, and the pervert cook was like, oh, yeah, you know, they're, they're not too young for me. Something um, the text does uh, very explicitly is is condemning and criticizing the uh, the authority figures. Mm-hmm. Um, but but because I think that it's criticizing authority figures, I think that the ultimate authority figure it comes down to the family, mm-hmm. and it comes down to the aunt. That the aunt is kind of framed as like the ultimate, like the source of like Angela's like dysphoria. I think comes about by the fact that gender. This is something that's relatable to trans people. You know, gender is something that's imposed on him mm-hmm. by his mother or by his aunt and basically is forced to live a certain way as like this person's like daughter or niece um, yeah. while not feeling that that is who they are. Because, you know, we can say things like, yeah, you know, she he doesn't really want to be around the guy so much. But, you know, part of that's yeah. also like, you know, think about it like from a trans, like male perspective. Forced to be a girl. Womanized, so to speak, while Forced not be even a being a woman to begin with. And yeah. I think in this case, it's almost like, you know, gender is imposed on them. And I think that like, regardless if they're a trans girl, a trans boy, you know, these themes are there and they're all over the place. They are haphazard. And that's why I think that it's, it's, it's a valid way to look at like, I, you know, at them like either way. Yeah, and I think because because I can relate to that imposition of gender. Yeah, know? ultimately, ultimately, what Angela, Peter, whatever is, is a kid who because like they're maybe 13, 14, maybe uh, fun, fun fact, 13 year olds are not fully actualized uh, human beings. <laughs> um, yeah. Something that we are never really given too much of an insight into in, in the in this film is what she wants uh is this you know gender being forced upon her 
is she okay with that? You know, do, we, we don't know what she wants, and we can tell that she is, ultimately, she's very confused because the way she's mm-hmm. treated by the boys versus by the girls, what she knows about herself, what she has to keep secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that, and I think that that sense of um, keeping something secret, that sense of dysphoria, that sense of discomfort, this uh, all that bullying and harassment, I think that that all leads up to all those different kills. And I think it leads up to that final moment where they just like, no, this is who I am. Yeah. However you take it, um, you know, male body, female face and hair, you know, this is who I am. And I'm, and maybe that makes me a monster, but so be it. Yeah. And it's like, I fuck think it. That, that I that's... feel like a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like boy moding and raping um, her bully or his bully, I don't know what to make of that. I don't think that, cause like, I don't know. I think it's like all over the place. I think it's just like, a red herring, honestly. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's it makes sense because their interactions throughout the whole thing are very sexually charged. There is, there oh, yeah. is, there is, sure. there is sexual tension there, and and that probably that fucks with both of them because you know they're both they're both they're both confused about uh, about things they don't know what to make of it same way that uh and we see this with Angela uh, in the the only time we really get to see like you know in her head uh is when Paul kisses her when you know the boy kisses mm-hmm. her uh because she has a flashback to their dad and his partner in bed together and you know giggling at it because you know it's, it's funny is it boys boys be together that doesn't you know um and her flashing back to that after paul kisses her is very it's relatable to me as a trans a trans mm-hmm. woman who has had to unlearn um internalized homophobia because you know growing mm-hmm. up growing up as a boy i was always taught that kissing other boys makes you a faggot and you you know you don't do that i mean it does but like <laughs> yeah but <laughs> uh, but but when uh when i did when i did transition and you know i was a girl and it's you know okay to okay to kiss boys now that's something that I mean, a lot of a lot of trans trans women would get upset when when told when told that this phenomenon is internalized homophobia because you know it's like it's not, it's not. when you're constantly on guard but you feel like your gender is being threatened you know you're told that you're a guy and it's like oh i have to you know if i'm not if i'm told i'm like weak or you know not you know guy enough i need to man up you know you in and you and if you're anything like me i started to try to man up i tried to do what i could and was it like self-hatred of course it was mm-hmm. but I, I, I try to do that and, and in the process of doing that you know of course i'm going to fall back on those reflexive reactionary like um okay how can i be a guy well my relationship with women must be a bit more severed unless it's a pursuit yeah and the thing is like uh, my relationships with girls wasn't just like all like kind of like romantic and sexual conquest but i feel like that is what's being sold i feel like in order to be traditionally masculine uh, this is how i felt i had to be misogynist and homophobic and because it's like oh you know you know being being into guys that makes you gay and that threatens your gender as well Mm -hmm. and people don't want to threaten their gender and i think that they should 
<laughs> thread in it. And yeah. I think they should be a little bit more critical of, of things. Um, I can I can I ask you something? Going back to you said something about like how like we can't necessarily uh say that with certainty that they're a girl or or a, you know whether they're male yeah. or female because you know they're not fully formed. How do you feel about like trans children in general then? Um, well, basically, I am. I am I am for the liberation of 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 youth. Um mm-hmm. it's people's gender should be first and foremost always in their own hands, meaning that if they want to experiment and explore, then they should be fully empowered to do so. Mm-hmm. Um because do I think do I think kids can be trans? I mean, yeah. I think I mean mm-hmm. You know, you know me. My the whole idea of gender weirdness is that like everybody's everybody's trans to some degree, right? Because if it's a if it's a spectrum, a continuum that's shared with cis people, then like yep. you're still on that continuum. Exactly, you're still, you're all... still on that spectrum. A meaningful categorization of like children that are trans would probably be those who like say they are and say or or have like such deep desires to functionally socially transition and i just think that we should maybe consider the fact that this is something that is might be a bit more malleable at that age like Mm -hmm. even more so than because you know because you're finding out you're you know you're figuring yourself out but something that's worth noting and, and one of the stereotypes that that this film kind of you know dips its toes into is that you know gay people trans people you know or allies thereof are imposing transness on kids but the thing is i think kids that are basically told to live according to such strict paradigms um, based off of their genitals. I wouldn't call it grooming because grooming has a specific definition and I don't like people using that term, but that is, you know, imposing gender onto kids, you know, to not let them be more free and fluid. And from the day you're born, you say, oh, this person is a male or this person is a female instead of letting the kid figure that out by the time they're four. And as a result, you have like, People place gender on people, you know, women, you know, like young babies who are assigned female, you know, adults will go up to them and say, oh, well, she's going to be a looker one of these days. And, <laughs> and well, the, well, a baby boy, you know, those who are assigned boy at birth, like, oh, wow, you're going to be, yeah, you're going to be a player. You're going to be the president of the United States. You, <laughs> you know, you're going to, basically, you're going to assume power. And if you're a girl, you're going to be disempowered yeah and i think that and this is i mean like hey cis women are oppressed too don't get me wrong but i think like what i'm seeing with like sleepaway camp i think that her journey in this film is to regain power yeah because she's been disempowered by being you know yeah a girl even if she is even if she is a girl you know she is being disempowered by being a girl and, and specifically being like a trans girl or whatever you categorize this person as non-binary whatever yeah exactly and like the way that uh her aunt is is like talking to talking to her it's like we are already have a already have a little boy so you know want a little girl uh you're gonna be a little girl now it's that kind of that's kind of the more or less the exact same thing that uh like heterosexual and heteronormative parents are towards their children when they're born yeah it's like gender reveal parties um i can't wait to find out what my kid's gender is gonna be translation i can't wait to to find out what my what my kid's genitals are gonna be (laughs) really if we want to get down to it Mm -hmm. 
I don't want to find out what my baby is until I give birth to them. Yeah. And I find out right then and there, and I'm surprised. Do they have a little winky? <laughs> you know, they they want their they want their kids' gender to be a surprise until until that comes up ten or twenty years later. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> you know, you you raise a kid gender neutrally. You know, by the time they're four or five, they're already going to be, you know, going down a certain path gender wise. You know, yeah. Whether Angela is actually a boy or a girl or whatever, uh, ultimately, the what I what I get from like the ending and ultimately how how things unfold is is that the imposition, the tyranny of gender, it destroys people. It make, it's like we were talking about mm-hmm. with relation to Psycho, Sounds of the Lambs, all that. Gender makes us monsters. Gender makes us monsters, but also it's like how society interacts with gender does as well which i guess it kind of like goes hand in hand yeah the the imposition of gender because gender's gender's fake gender's just gender's just a made-up dumb game well Um, well i mean like you could say that about any word really like it's all an approximation of something yeah yeah but like but like (laughs) gender in particular is we we weren't aren't gonna say too much on the sequels but a uh a note about them is that um, Angela is an adult in the in the subsequent ones. Um, mm-hmm. She's not played by Felissa Rose, which is why I don't give a shit about the sequels, really. <laughs> um, but, but she is a very... tra- but she's a canonized as a trans girl. Yeah, she in the second in the very beginning of the Sleepaway Camp two. Um, they're you know folks are like talking around a fire. They're like, oh my god, you hear about the 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 killer at. Uh, Camp Arawak or something, and they they like explicitly say that oh yeah no she went to a mental institution or whatnot and then and she got uh, the surgery. Um, she's just it's just it's just not questioned. I mean I think there's definitely some things relating to gender that that's interesting about those ones, but they're they're really not good movies. And like the second and third one, it's like they're fun, but like they're not made by Robert Heltzik, which we might first think is a bad thing. But Helsick actually did make the um, fourth one, which also is arguably the second one, depending on what continuity you want to follow. But it sucks. It is terrible. <laughs> it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, um, if I'm going to be real. But yeah, he like uh, sold the rights momentarily. Um, and that's why there's like such a disparity. Creators of the second or third one, or especially the second one, they kind of read Angela as a trans girl. Like, I think yeah. part of that might come from not still not quite getting it um but that's but that's ultimately <laughs> yeah. the conclusion like like i think that what the film is saying based off of those flashbacks is that and the way that like her aunt like really just genderizes her so much and she objectifies her right like like my son you will be like you protect your sister because that's what men do that's what young men do and you angela my sweetness or whatever she says and, and touches her hair i love that character by the way um, oh yeah <laughs> no she- Rest, uh, rest in peace, Desiree Gould. She died last year, I believe. Oh, that's unfortunate. The, uh, I think, I think basically, like this, this whole film is like leading to that climax, and is basically when they say that that you know, oh, she's actually a boy, okay, and it seems like the, her flashbacks reflect a trauma, uh-huh. and that trauma can be arguably homophobic and transphobic. But yeah. I think at the same time, if we read her as like, if we read her or him as like, you know a boy we kind of like reach a different conclusion than we would if we read her as a girl because like i don't know what the because if she's like a girl the reveal of like oh the aunt has like made her a girl like what does that lead us i feel like this is the dysphoria dysphoria harassment bullying 
leads to the killing and to the the final reveal of of, of you know finding her true self because she hasn't because he or she has not been living as their true self because they've been living as their sister yeah and i think you know it's also interesting how you mentioned uh uh the aunt being like you're my little boy and you're my little girl and you're gonna you know you protect her and and whatnot and and the, a lot of the film focuses on the most dull parts of it, honestly, because when whenever Angela is not on screen, I mean, I'm I'm just kind of like I just kind of check out. Oh wow, but... they're playing baseball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we see all we see Ricky and all the guys doing all these these just, just boy activities, um, and gender is imposed on Ricky as well, and that has an effect. Ricky is the red herring. The assumption is that oh wow all, okay all the all the kids who are bullying this quiet girl um are dying. Well, obviously it's her hot-headed uh brother, brother that's cousin meant to whatever her. exactly, yeah. and that and that's why functionally know, why bro- functionally brother, but yeah, 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 and like and he gets attacked for it. Like Ricky gets like almost beaten to death because of that those like you know the gender assumptions put on him and it's very it's very it's very interesting this is this is a fucking mess and is wall-to-wall gender anxiety <laughs> the thing i think this movie's biggest flaw is that it ends at the point that the third act should have begun there should be more mm. there is more story there because honestly the way it just cuts off at the reveal that's like ending. That's like ending Fight Club with the reveal of who Tyler actually is. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's like, oh, Tyler Durden was a. Uh, it was. It was you all along, just in your head. Okay. Cut to credits. Um, it and, doesn't say much on on that level when you just leave it there. Yeah. And because really, what you know, what I want to know, my my biggest, most pressing. Uh, concern and point of interest uh, for Sleepaway Camp after it ends is what's going on in this girl in this <laughs> in this person's head? Uh, like, mm-hmm. you know, what's up? Uh, yeah, especially especially with the boy mode rape scene, right? It just seems a little bit all over the place and not really um, <laughs> thought through. I guess. Yeah, and, and that's and, the issue. Oh, and, and when I said or when I said that they might be a trans boy, I guess actually cis boy depending on how you look at it, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Detransitioner, I don't know. It, it depends. I feel like all these yeah. terms are just nebulous anyways. I find the boy moding very interesting because then then Angela goes from from that to date with Paul where she's where she's like yeah, femmed up again. She's back to girl. Hmm. Yeah, that's and, and, and it's I think it's a and, misdirect. It's a misdirect. Yeah, yeah it is. Um it's boy moding to uh to assault and then kill the girl who's been tormenting them for you know this whole time out of a also gender confused sense of of misplaced you know anger and frustration because you know like judy's confused too it's it's interesting because they have like sex not consensual sex but they (laughs) they end up having sex which is kind of like the ultimate conclusion of that tension and that and that bullying that aggression you know because because judy was flirting with her (laughs) <laughs> yeah and it was being aggressive and it was being a bitch and she was being a bitch back except you know definitely across lines you shouldn't cross but you know judy was harassing her and bringing mm-hmm. that not just it's not it's not justified at all oh, but yeah. like yeah no but it's thematically it's it's a isn't it's 
the thematic conclusion, it, it, it makes sense with everything else, with how violent this person is. And then, like, between this between them, there's the most sexual tension yeah. in actuality. Honestly, she has, throughout, she has more chemistry with, with Judy than she does with with Paul. Like, it's... it's Paul's it's the one like, that she, like, kills, right? Like, like yeah, the, the one, off, yeah. The, the one guy who's, like, n- you know, nice to her. She, she gets a little flustered. Yeah, um, but there is not, there's not, like, you know, like, like, chemistry... Not but he's also trying to go so fast on her too. Exactly. Like, yeah. Because like he he doesn't just like be friends with her and try to, you know or whatever, but he tries to jump into like you know physical intimacy, which which she definitely is not, or he's definitely not ready for. Yeah. Uh, throughout, there is also the recurring theme of boys and girls taking taking their clothes off. Uh, there's the, the oh the, yeah, it goes on like skinny dip, and that as a the mooning scene. Yeah, it's it's a recurring thing. So at the so at the end when you know with Paul on the on the shore being like, let's go let's go swimming. Um, and and tells him to to take his clothes off, and she like you know kind of starts doing the same, and then next next thing we know, we find you know her naked uh seemingly cradling you want to know a little bit more about what happened yeah like what what happened see my theory i mean it's not so much a theory as in when i uh wrote a remake reimagining remix of sleepaway camp Mm -hmm. because yes i did that um (laughs) i i translated that scene as a as a uh trans panic like oh um so making her killing of him like totally justified like you know he finds out oh oh shit oh y- y- you have a dick you're 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 a boy basically like the en- the ending trans panic is up to happen with him right yeah exactly and sh- and she's and he like you know tries to hurt her and she's like you fucked with the wrong tranny uh and then cuts the set <laughs> off um do i think they thought that out very much when they were making it no of course not because again this movie's a mess also robert hiltzik um, this film is dedicated, uh, to his mother. Yeah, that's, uh, interesting. I find interesting, especially since the main characters have two dads, have, have two gay dads, and, uh, their mother figure is a single gay Maybe aunt. this is the horror of what life is like, um, when you don't have the traditional family. It's like, oh, well, you know, you, you get somebody else, you know, maybe it's anti-adoption and anti, uh, <laughs> No. Yeah, it's it's okay. That, that's just that's just a a factor I find very interesting. Um basically, yeah, Sleepaway Camp is one of the uh one of the lesser um and more straightforwardly, you know, contentious and problematic of the transphobic texts we've looked at um on this podcast right because like i think that there's a lot of interesting things to be said about like you know silence lambs and, and psycho and the likes and it's like yeah do they all kind of contribute to this long lineage of um transphobic or at least adjacent to transphobia um that's like present in the you know the united states and and, and other countries and and how we kind of like understand gender deviance and how it's like villainized yeah they all do do they all have interesting individual things to offer that kind of like go outside of that yes sleepaway camp less so this i think is that transphobic text that people you know talk about when it comes to horror yep horror specifically 
my opinions oscillate between quite liking it and not liking it because yeah. for every moment that there that there's something interesting at play, there's another moment that's kind of lame yeah. and not and kind <laughs> it, of like just not cool. Because <laughs> that, yeah, that's the thing with movies like Silence of the Lambs and Psycho, and even like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Address to Kill or whatnot. Those are all really good movies that yeah. those are with, with really, really good, good directors with, too. With really good directors and they're 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 well written and there is nuance and complexity to be found there sleepaway camp is not that <laughs> not it's that. a mess yeah it works it, because of the actress it works and... yeah yeah i need to i need to go through and actually see like watch stuff with Felissa Rose uh in it because she's she is a uh, a legit scream queen like she has been consistently working and doing horror films since for the last 40 years this was just her first role they actually brought her back for the fourth one but like it's just at the end just for her to do the screaming face and it's like really oh yeah fuck that there is still an interesting text here and oh, I think yeah. it is fun. And quite honestly, I don't really like people being so hesitant to those who find themselves in the film, you know, beyond mm -hmm. all the yeah. BS that's there. And it's there. Yeah, exactly. There is there is stuff to be to to empathize with there. As far as our audience goes, if you have not seen Sleepaway Camp, then I I can't I I can't in good conscience recommend it. Um <laughs> It's, uh, it's I would I would recommend it if you like slasher films. Yeah, if you like slasher and, and like campy, you know, bad movies mm -hmm. um, of that sort. If you if you're like really into the genre and you somehow have not seen Sleepaway Camp before, go ahead, uh, go right. ahead. It, it'll be it'll be rewarding. Yeah, and like it or not, I w the one thing I'll say about this film is that it does it is part of the trans canon. Oh yeah, it, it is indubitably a part of the trans canon mm -hmm. for better or for worse one of the, <laughs> yeah it's it's not a flattering uh flattering chapter in it but yeah but when you like wrote your screenplay was that out of love for the original text or just out of like oh there's something interesting here but it's not that good as is uh more the latter i found like oh this character is one of the most fascinating characters and has some of the most interesting potential uh, in anything I've ever seen, uh, conceptually gripping, but they don't stick the landing. Yeah, the movie, the movie this character is in is an absolute Cluster incoherent <laughs> shit he shit heap that I I felt compelled to you know take this character and do her more justice. Yeah, and yeah. So where did you exactly. where did you take the ending then? Oh well, um, or do you not want to say? <laughs> Uh, that, that's a very big question, because I also wrote a sequel to uh, it, okay. a continuation. <laughs> I'm probably never going to actually make those films, um, I'm probably just gonna keep them as annotated screenplays. Well, so, so, so it seems like to me, like, like, what you like the most about this movie, because you've told me that you loved it before, uh, it seems like what you love the most about it is just the way that it inspires you. And kind of and to write something better in its yep. place. <laughs> yep, that's fair. I yep, mean, there's the definitely things like me. It, it, there's a lot of like good like conceptual blueprints for something, but it just they don't take it anywhere. 
they don't t- the sequels don't take it anywhere either. <clears throat> so you're left with like yeah. a campy slasher that's a little bit gay, and that's kind of the appeal. But you know, but it's also a little bit homophobic too. So how do you wrestle with that? Yeah, in the at least Sleepaway Camp two and three, um, Angela is like a Mrs. Voorhees type. She's she's a a moralist. Uh, she's a, a conservative moralist, like the kids who do drugs and have sex and whatnot. She's she's one of those kind of characters, and I hate that. I hate that because that's not mm-hmm. what she does. Kill a racist though. She does kill a racist. That's that's <laughs> that's good. Uh, I, ooh, if it's the one I remember, it is one of my least favorite deaths in anything. Um, to Angela Baker's credit, just as a character, as a serial killer in the serial killer canon, she is one of the most creative and versatile killers there are like like she in in the first one she kills someone with a fucking beehive uh and uh, trapping them in a in, in a bathroom she killed in the second one it, she kills she kills someone with a porta potty um she's very creative <laughs> she's very creative um <laughs> yeah but i mean she's trans you know i think that was david cronenberg that said that you know trans people are all artists of their own <laughs> because they are yeah um creating themselves to their liking and they're kind of like making art out of their own bodies or their you know gender expression and so on and everybody does that to some extent but a lot of other people they kind of follow the mold whereas trans people they're a bit they get more creative and they try to they customize themselves to their liking and i think that that's in my opinion that's one reason why we need more trans voices like telling our stories you know so we can get something better than sleepaway camp we can get something that is like actually comes from a trans person now everybody that deals with gender in such yeah. a way they are kind of channeling part of themselves in that they, they are but when somebody's already there yeah. and somebody's gone through that or they're going or they're really truly authentically going through that with their work that's when i think a text becomes even more interesting because quite honestly like you know yeah these these directors or these artists they, they may be like a little you know somewhere on that gender weird continuum but I think at the same time, like, we need more stuff from people that are, like, explicitly transgender. I really do think so. Because people that have already thought about this more critically and have gone through with it. Oh, yeah. And I think that, because I think that, that that's a voice mm-hmm. that's often unheard. But it's a creative voice. And it should stop going unheard. Actually, now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, it was during the early, early days of the pandemic. Um... I had a friend, uh, a casting, a trans casting agent in Los Angeles. Um, she was the same one who told me I need to stop being so critical of the industry on social media, um, or no one would ever hire me. And <laughs> yeah, no, still no one's gonna ever hire me. But I had told her about the projects I was working on, including a reimagining of Sleepaway Camp, and that was that was the project I. I at that point in its development, I, I wanted that to be something I actually was, you know, hopefully able going to be able to make someday. And she knows Felissa Rose. And Felissa Rose is, her and Hiltzik are the two rights holders for, uh, for Sleepaway Camp. And she actually, like, told me that, yeah, no, she's, she's trying to, like, cultivate a, a working relationship with Felissa Rose. So that is something that theoretically, fuck yeah, that's so fucking cool. Uh, and then she talked about how they would have to get they have to get other people to either completely rewrite or just like heavily rewrite my script 
And that was, you know, that was, that was it for me. I was like, um, no, fuck that. Nobody is, nobody is touching this script. Yeah, you mentioned this on the episode of Sorry by Closet. Yeah, it's like, I, I would have loved to have met Felissa Rose, and I still... Well, I mean, still want to, th- Loki. Th- 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 is there any part of you that is willing to kind of like sacrifice that vision, though, and in, in, in a way to to get an approximation of your vision out there, at the very least? Oh, absolutely not. Like it's become like just its its whole other animal by the, by this point. It's not even called. I'm not even calling it Sleep Away anymore. Yeah, I um, I dropped that pretty early. Makes sense. So this episode kind of came out of nowhere, right? So it's not like part of the regular season, season block. Uh, yeah. Season two, we will like pick up on that um, at some point in the future next year. Um, we will. We are planning for a Christmas special, like like in advance. This consider this one a Halloween special. Happy Halloween, yeah. everybody! <laughs> Happy Halloween! Going to be our Halloween special, informal little thing. We also want to try to do a. A Christmas special, and at some point, we would also like to do a mm-hmm. uh, a stream where we can do like you know AMAs. Y'all can y'all can tune in and ask us questions about gender weird or uh, you know just really anything. Um, a joint stream, which yeah, I mean we we we're, we're uh, yeah. I mean Vivian and I are like like minded like creatives. I'm sure like we'll be like collaborating on different projects, even like if it's not necessarily gender weird. So do check out like our respective channels um, on YouTube. Yeah, Vivian Strange and Style is Substance. Yeah. Um, the links for those and for our uh, mm-hmm. Patreons, um, because we're both we're both poor and need money and we don't really get paid for this <laughs> so yeah. um so yeah please please if you can check out our, our patreons and see uh if you can if you can you know afford to 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 help any help either of us out that would be awesome um but yeah no make sure you're subscribed to both of us on on youtube yeah. also gender weird is on youtube as well we have a channel so um be sure to go subscribe there as well yeah, yeah we'll we'll keep you all posted we're really excited for uh, next season, um, we already got some ideas that we're 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 kind of looking at. So, gonna be good stuff. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Happy Halloween, free Palestine. <laughs> Happy Halloween and free Palestine. <laughs>